Funny how that works, right? You know, you can handle the weights, you can recover better, all that stuff. Uh, what are we? Are we rolling with people in here? Oh my God! You have a timer set? Yeah, so they can handle it. See you later. See ya. Sudden they hit 150 pound squat PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good over here. <clears throat> but you can't stay on it, is the thing, right? Some of those stuff. Or you can't stay on that combination. We're staying at 25 minutes. Because then we'll do 45? No, no, just so we we'll have. We'll say 35 and end up being 50. Like, are the, now that that camera's plugged in. We can record for like four hours, no problem, right. dude. And I don't know, it doesn't even look geez. like simple greens. What is it? Oh, it looks green, it's nice. Uh, I was wondering what that was. Well, that's aggressive. Yeah, I know. You're welcome, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we recording? Oh, clap. Yeah, I mean, those, those are recording. Do a little clap. Not recording, we're clap it up. <laughs> you do it too. Yeah, see? I mean, yeah, we're all clapping. want to be part of the crew. I'm going to put my bang next to this little guy. Okay. So you, have, you have the notes? The oh, I'm the host. You're always the host. I am the host. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's been a while. It's fine. It's very inclusive. When was your last one, podcast? When's the last time we actually recorded? About a month ago. Usually a couple while. I think we sit down, like last time we did one, we recorded. Oh, you did a bunch of them, right? Yeah. 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 We did a lot. So we were here Also, I, I always wanted, I wanted to shoot it, an intro, like an actual intro with like people. With like cool graphics and stuff? Like cool graphics yeah. and with lasers. Like, laser beams? That's nice. Laser beams. Yeah, there you go. Other <laughs> <laughs> air quotes. Anyway. Uh, yep. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, as always, Syed Hater. I'm with me, my friend, Jay, Brian. Brian, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm with Brian, obviously. He owns the podcast. He owns the gym. He owns the podcast. He owns the like, camera. I always tell you own the podcast. You own the podcast. <laughs> own the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. we always got to start a little weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And special guest today, PT, in-house PT. In-house PT. Great PT. Thanks, man. Eric. <laughs> What's up, Eric? How you Hi. doing? I'm um, good. Yeah? Yep. Happy to be here. We're happy you're Just here. Just got done helping all of the members today. Not all because <laughs> every <laughs> single one of them. I didn't hurt all of them. No. <laughs> you know, Cleaning it's, up it's, the mess. It's nice to have someone with a lot of knowledge about like the healthcare aspect of training. Because usually about 
one-third of individuals who are on the podcast don't really know much. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how they're... Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, That's why I have here. Just what you're talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so, okay. So, we're going to talk a lot about the, you know, rehab, prehab stuff. And, I mean, a great place to start would be, I know Ryan's been trying to push a warm-up. And a lot of people just don't want to do it. Like, <laughs> Before we went up to that, what? We went up to the podcast. You want to give a brief introduction? Sure. What? Yep. Great job, <laughs> what? Yeah, so I'm Eric Sokolowski. Um, I graduated CCSU with a bachelor's in exercise science. And I went on to get my doctorate in physical therapy from UHART in 2015. And let's see, I have competed in powerlifting, and I'm finally going to do another meet mm -hmm. coming up. Um, here. 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 And May. Right there. <laughs> I have my um, CSES, which I got a couple weeks ago. It's a long overdue. And um, I am going to sit for my certified manual physical therapist. What's the acronym It's like CMPT. CMPT. Oh, that's a lot yep. easier than I thought it was going to be for you. Um, in June. So... <laughs> It's CNN. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, what are some of your best numbers? All right. So my best squat um, is 475. I've benched 325 and deadlifted 535. Okay. Okay. So, and you're a 48, right? Um, yeah. Like in the 150s. Yeah, 150s. So, so I'm not going to cut for this competition because I'm sick of, sick of cutting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. yeah, no way. <laughs> Secret dark horse. Yep. So yeah, that's okay. that's me. And I've been treating here one day a week since September, and it's been great. So I enjoy it. Is there like a common injury that you're treating right now? Like everyone has. Yeah. So in powerlifting, there tends to be certain areas of your body that get stressed yeah. more so than others. Low back is a big one. Um, Shoulders, yep. you know, rotator cuff or biceps tendinopathies you see a lot. Um, overuse injuries to your hip as well. So those are some of the biggies that I see. And is, is there, because I know uh, a lot of people, or we just blame our QL for our low back stuff. Is that like, is that like yeah. how accurate is that? So I think the QL could probably get fired up. Um, it's a major stabilizer of your low back. So if you tweak your low back, um, or if you just overdo it, you know, your QL will probably tighten as a protective, you know, guarding response. So yeah, yeah your QL is probably tight, but that's probably not why, you know, you're having issues. So. Is there a way you could like screen for that? Like, like cause I know a lot of people have, say they have QL issues, right? Yep. So how, how do you get to sort of the source of the pain? So I'll do movement screens, yeah. you know, for people. So, you know, I'm not always necessarily looking at is a muscle, you know, the cause of your pain, because usually it's, you know, the result of something. So when I do a screen for someone, I'm looking at all the possible movements and motions and ranges and uh, that someone, you know, would be getting into for um, the sport. So for example, I'll do a squat screen. So I'll screen the ankles, I'll screen their thoracic spine, their hips. Um, even their shoulders um, to see if they can get into a good bar position. So, you know, can the joint get into the range of motion is what I'm looking at. And then if it can, 
um, you know, is it painful? Also, if it's, it, if they can't, is it painful? And then from there, I'll kind of go into some specifics. So that's kind of how I narrow down to an area. So yeah, like your QL might be tight, but it could be because, you know, your squatting is crappy because your ankles can't dorsiflex and you can't get into a good position. So, you know, I try not to, you know, pigeonhole, you know, this is your, this is yeah. the muscle and this is, you just got to stretch it and you'll be fine type deal. So I try to get to the root of the problem. And how would you, so I'm assuming you guys work together and talk, you talk about, yep. yeah, about sort of which athletes sort of have which issues is that like just programming, like, and how much. So, uh, well, I think it, it kind of depends on the extent of the issue. Uh, if it's, if, no, if it's truly a PT issue, that's out of my range. I'm not dealing with it. And that's where Eric will really take over. If it's more something that we, that I can handle, you know, he'll give me recommendations, hey, do this, do this, do this. Um, he'll also tell, you know, whoever the client is, like, okay, you need to work on this, this, and this. And more often than not, we can continue with regular training. There's only probably been, only, there's really only a few people that you've really had to, like, take their training. It's more of a yeah. PT than, uh, than my job as a strength coach. Um, most of them have just been like, okay, make this small correction, put this into your warm-up, like you started to say with the warm-ups yeah. that a lot of people don't want to do anyway. Um, and then just keep going. We're some where we've only like I said we've only had a few that it's been like, okay, we need to we need to really step back, relearn a lot, and and that's where we've taken over more of that work. So there's like a certain point that you're all like, hey, maybe we should step away from powerlifting, or is yeah, it just, okay, yeah. And that's usually when their day to day life is affected, or say they yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it, you know they can't squat 50% or, you know, it, it'll be pretty obvious to me. Oh, okay. Or there'll be some red flag that when I'm doing an actual medical screen, I'm like, hey, listen, this is not safe for you to do. Um, and that's where, where I'll either take over or even just refer them out to a medical doctor. So, which I haven't had to do here yet. <laughs> a couple close smart. calls, but uh, <laughs> yeah, not yet. We've been pretty, pretty good. I basically don't like necks and nerve issues. If necks and nerve issues, that's you. Yep. Um, I don't. <laughs> just a word. That's I don't even want to think about it. Well, it's, yeah. just, that's it gets my, scary. That that's not my training. Um, it's not something I should be dealing with anyway. And yes, I can adjust the <coughs> programming to possibly offset some issues. But if you're having true nerve, like nerve issues or having neck issues, like that's not my world. Yeah. As a strength coach, I don't want to deal yeah. with your with your neck if it's <laughs> jacked up. Like. That makes me nervous. Yeah. So and that should make the person nervous too, to the point where they should seek out. Right. So that's attention. that's why it's great having Eric here that we can say, okay, you're way out of my playing field, but this is what he does. Yeah. Hmm. There's a little, like, just a bunch of stuff in your neck that just all the major vessels that go to your brain are there. Yeah. Like, all your yeah, nerve yeah, endings yeah, come out of there. Like, yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Your brain somewhere up there. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere in the neck. <laughs> is where the brain yeah. is somewhere up in this <laughs> general area. Gym, there's not a whole lot of that. <laughs> yeah. So like preventing neck pain. So I just tr like shrugs every day. Yeah. Get those traps super strong. Yeah, so yeah. my neck has no place to move. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that like my neck hurts. Do shrugs immediately. Exactly. I prescribe that to everyone. Yeah, that's that's here, so. first thing is yeah, shrugs, <laughs> and then from there we move on. But okay. Going back, back on track. So, uh, but what should like I like do as an athlete, right, to prevent like to get to a point where I have to come to you and be like, hey, 
Do you want to go back to that warm-up idea? That we, we can. That's where I think we're headed yeah. back to. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're feeling good and you don't have a lot of aches and pains, you're going about your regular training, you know, I don't think someone needs to do much of a warm-up at all. You know, maybe walk and then get under the bar, you know, and start squatting. That's probably the best warm-up for squats. Um, you know, I start to give people different things to do when, you know, maybe they're stiff from training and they can't get into a good position. Um, if we're trying to work on a specific aspect of their lift. So, you know, one thing might be for squatting, if you can't get into a good thoracic position, if you tend to round over and we determine that's the, you know, the root of the issue, we'll throw in some, you know, thoracic mobility or, you know, uh, stability training in there. Um, but I think, oh, um, oh, so with like low back too, that's a big one. You know, I've, I've given a lot of people the McGill Big Three, um, shown to have like a little bit of a protective effects on your back um, for some core stability and activation. So I was like, if you have back pain, just try these. Um, but aside from that, you know, you can scale it based off of how you feel. So if you feel good, like I said, just get under the bar. So, um, and then we can go from there. Um, something like the McGill three, is there some, do you feel like there's a certain time that it's best? Do you feel like it's, you have to have it in, in the warm up? you have to have it throughout your workout? Yeah. You have to have it on days off? <clears throat> is there any like specific timing for it? So that has kind of a twofold um, use, mm. those, those exercises. So the first is that they have a pain relieving effect because they're isometrics. Um, and, you know, if someone has a lot of pain and, you know, their day-to-day -day activities suck, then I'll have them do a daily or a couple times a day for that exact reason. And they also can help improve your core muscle activation for right before you lift, so I'll put it in the warm-up. So I guess it depends. You know, yeah. if someone um, feels a little wonky in their back, like try a couple sets before you warm up. Um, but if someone's rehabbing, then yeah, I'll probably have them do it a couple times a day. Is there a reason why you powerlift in particular? Because I know uh, a lot of PTs I've had experience with, they're all like really into CrossFit and Olympic lifting. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> it's a direct snap <laughs> um, So it's interesting to actually talk to a PT that's not into like, you know, overhead squats. I mean, I'm sure you're yeah. a fan of them, <laughs> but just not doing them all the time. Um, I mean, I got into powerlifting before I got into PT. Okay. So I guess that probably answers that question. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've continued with it just because I love the sport. Um, it's simple, you know, to learn and hard to master. And it's kind of like a lifelong progression. Um, and, you know, a lot of the principles go back to just like basic human movement. I say it relates so, back to your job. Basically. Yeah. Like so it goes back to my job. You know, yeah. I, I teach people how to deadlift like all day, yeah. you know, with a kettlebell, like if they have a back, if they have back pain, it's like a little old lady or something like that, which is not all I see in the clinic. But um, <laughs> a, a lot lady. of people could benefit from learning how to do these movements um, and, you know, CrossFit. So CrossFit. enough said. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the pissing Correct. people off. There you go. No. We do that a lot. No, it's, it's fine. Not bad. But no, it's not that bad. You know, I wouldn't want to intentionally get weaker. There you go. CrossFit. Like, why would I want to do that? Zero to a thousand immediately. Yeah. yeah. Why would I want to do that? So. Do you have, I mean, in here, obviously, you have predominantly powerlifters, but in your clinic, do you find you have a lot of 
athletes? Do you find you have a yep. lot of... a lot of high school athletes, okay. lacrosse, baseball, football, um, a couple soccer players. Okay. Um, we have a couple CrossFit gyms near us, so I do see CrossFit athletes. Um, and then just... Gen pop on <laughs> yeah, just general population. Is, yep. Do you find it, I mean, this is kind of tough to answer across the board, but do you find it's easier to work with gen pop or specific athletes? Like there's certain sports that's like super hard to assess because overuse of certain something? Or? You know, definitely when you get into team sports, you know, you, you coach um, athletes in team sports, it gets way more complex, yeah. you know, because then you have to worry about speed, agility, yep. uh, sports skill. So there's a lot, you know, cardiovascular conditioning, there's a lot more that goes into it and the movement patterns are way more complex. You know, you're not just going up and down like this. You right. have to twist and do <laughs> all kinds exactly of fancy footwork things. Too. Yeah, <laughs> straight up and down. So it gets a lot more complicated. Um, is there one sport in particular that stands out? I mean, I guess something like soccer, there's so much like movement in general. Baseball, baseball yeah, baseball's a tough but, one. And the same thing is you, Pitchers think, it's, in you particular. think it's easier to address something like baseball because you know the movements ahead of time compared to like, or football or soccer, you might have like. Um, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, the reason I say baseball is harder is just being a pitcher. So yeah. like I, bias. I guess I'm pretty biased. <laughs> but throwing a baseball is the fastest motion you can do in sports. <clears throat> it, like the, the, I forget what the actual velocity is of the arm. It's something outrageous. And just the amount of force that you're putting through your body at that point is crazy. And yeah. I was actually talking to one of our athletes earlier today. I said, when I hurt my elbow, I blew out my elbow and pitched for four more years with no ulnar collateral ligament. But what I did was I dropped my uh, my release position to take the pressure off my elbow, which is what tore up my shoulder. So yeah. a small change of position when throwing a ball 90 miles per hour can have a huge impact on something else where the lack of and not the lack of speed, because I mean, other sports are still happening very fast, but I mean, like if someone's got a rotational issue where I can give them a pal off press, it's nice and slow, but mm -hmm. you go to swing a bat or throw a ball and it's like that. It's so violent. It's, movement. It, yeah. it's so fast, it changes things. And yes, I understand like with football, you might get tackled and things happen, but yeah. we can't so you're, like, do anything there. More of like, the more violent a movement or the more like, I guess force you put it. I always thought about the more like, dynamic. More dynamic is a good uh, word. For I, it. Comparably, like, do you end up seeing? I feel like there's. M could be totally wrong, but I feel like there's more injuries in powerlifting than in weightlifting. As far as like, you would think there'd be more in weightlifting because it's so much violent of a movement. Yeah, than you would I think there's more catastrophic injuries in weightlifting. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. More o more overuse like, injuries. Yeah. I'd say. Weightlifting, I'd you see like you know dislocated shoulders, elbows, torn rotator cuffs. Right. And I'm not saying that these are common things, like, mm -hmm. but yeah, like a lot of pop procedures it's usually like some kind of tendinopathy that you're seeing because it's just repeatedly you're running out of the ground all yep. the time. Yes, all the time. I think the injury rates are pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, they're both so, very. I mean, I guess I'm biased because actually, like, I mean, there's, there's stats <laughs> yeah. out that show that weightlifting and popping the injury rates per thousand are very low compared to other sports. Yeah. Like, they're some of the lowest injury rates you can find. I just think it's a lot of like. I'm banged up. I'm sore. Yeah. And because I'm, gonna, I don't have an off season because it's you're constantly lifting. You need to get worked on. Yeah. Where like for me for baseball, you know, when I took a break to play basketball or just took the winter off, mm. I gave my arm a little bit of a break. Yeah. Powerlifters don't don't take a break. Yep. Now how Never. does knowing the 
patients at like sport adjust like your level of care, not level, but like sort of uh, plan for care, right? If like versus, knowing yeah, that so they knowing have like to. Yeah, so the weightlifter came in versus the football player versus the powerlifter, right? Um, how does that sort of come into your plan of action when you're treating an individual? So you have to look at the demands of the sport, okay. you know, um, from an energy system standpoint and from a movement standpoint. Um, so most of the time in the beginning, the rehab's going to be, say, relatively similar. Say if yeah. someone comes in with, you know, a jumper's knee in three different sports. Um, powerlifting, you know, you can still see it. And then soccer and then um, see what's something way different. Well, let's, let's just use those two. Okay. So, you know, one of them has very different demands than the other. So you can look at, um, you know, obviously you have to squat in powerlifting. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're not doing quick movements. You know, in soccer, you might be doing, you know, higher repetitions. You might be working in different energy systems other than the, um, you know, ATP system. So there's, there's things that come into play later on, you know, in the return to sport phase, more so than in the beginning. So I guess it affects the plan of action in that way later on. Okay. I feel like it, is, it would also be not easier to address someone like a powerlifter because, I mean, in most people's plans, they're directly, should be directly working on those things. As, like how, how often, how hard is it to keep like a soccer player, football player up to date with like repeating the exercises that you give them on their own um tougher than here yeah. i feel like honestly here um the lifters are are great because they're they're super motivated they all want to get stronger you know if you want to be motivated go to team gpt oh, wow. yeah no it's We're true brain gets it's, good, it's true though so um i think a lifter can can see it a little bit more in front of their face where yeah. it's like if you do this and this your squat will get better whereas if you say are trying to rehab like a uh, team sport athlete and you're like hey if you like work on these split squats you know one faction of one thing that might help yeah you. and you know it definitely could probably help them say like doing pt or this corrective exercise but it's just like no i just want to get out on the field yeah you know so it's um it's more of a challenge okay. in team sports yeah i'd imagine so i imagine the correlation to like explaining why this one exercise will affect yeah. your you, first step compared yep. to like you have to relate it back to their sport, and oftentimes they don't want to hear it. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> more often than here. <laughs> yeah. More often than here. So. I guess there's just more movement to deal with. Yeah. Yep. So with power thing, it's squat, bench, dead. And it's so simple of a thing like to. In soccer, there's 9,000 different angles that they can just, when you make a cut, yep. every cut's not the same. So you can't train this single split squat, how is that going to affect every, yeah. everything I do? It's like, well, it's going to do a lot of different things, but we might not be able to help every single one of them. Yeah, like this bird dog is going to make you score 10 more goals <laughs> every day. It's kind of yeah. tough to... But, but as, as a trainer, how important is it to... Because uh, in powerlifting, all the movements are sort of stagnant in the sense that we're just on a platform and we go up and down or you're just pressing. Like, how important... Or do you incorporate movements that like uh, laterally versus like That's a great question. Yeah, like, so I think a lot of lifters could benefit from work outside of the sagittal plane. So yeah. sagittal would just be straight up and down, <clears throat> pressing up and down, doing a chin up. And that can lead to overuse injuries a lot more frequently. 
yeah. um, by working only in that one plane. So, you know, including frontal plane, transverse plane, which is like side to side or twisting type activities, as long as they're, you know, not impeding with the recovery of the athlete, I think it makes for an awesome recovery workout or uh, accessory workout. Mm. Um, an example would be lifters with low back pain. Um, they tend to be unilateral and they tend to happen when like they're squatting or deadlifting. So, you know, getting people to do like a suitcase carry, if I prescribe that a lot here, um, to work on core endurance, frontal plane stability, just get them doing something different, um, you know, tends to be pretty effective. Do you think outside of recovery that there's a benefit strength-wise or ability to produce force for specifically a powerlifter in training? Do you think there's like benefit to, to minus, minus rehab? Do you think like training in uh, different planes and, and doing more rotations and twists, do you think that benefits a strength athlete specifically? You know, probably not too much unless you have a ton of imbalances. Um, so outside of rehab, I would say it's really not that important, mm -hmm. but maybe for symmetry and balance, like if someone tends to be like, you know, weaker on one side, maybe they twist coming up squatting. Right. So, you know, if someone was like a healthy person, they're just getting stronger, they have no issues, you know, might include one or two movements, okay. but I wouldn't expect it to directly improve their squat or deadlifts. But I think it's important to keep in their training, but I don't think like for, you know, Specific. your one rep max, I don't think it's gonna do much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we program a lot of single leg work, a lot of back work, a lot of dumbbell work, a lot of things like that that probably don't have a huge carryover to the main lifts. We were talking about this the other day, like if we were more specific with the lifts, probably would get bigger carryover faster, right. but... It's gotta impact their recovery. What's, yeah. what's the impact of the recovery? So like, like I said, we, we generally do single leg work on both lower body days. Um, we do a lot of back work, we do a lot of single arm pressing work, we do a lot of things like that because everyone just, it, you need it. Because yeah. you, you mm -hmm. can't just squat the whole time. You can. So you can, but, but you <laughs> and a lot of people doing it and it does work, but I, I, I just think that for just just staying in the sport longer and staying healthier and it, and it sounds crazy <coughs> like we're talking like oh look at all the members that are going to the PT you know <laughs> yeah. but but we have very few that like I said that are having major issues and everyone's still competing and it it's the longer you can stay at this by being healthy the better you're going to be mm. it's it's a it's a rate it's a it's a long race and yeah we could squat every day, low bar competition style and probably hit PRs faster and probably have to deal with more shoulder, elbow, low back, knee, hip mm. issues because we're just doing that. Then on the days we're like, you know, our fourth day, a lot of times we don't do a squat pattern. We do like a rear foot elevated or both foot elevated split squat where we do something like that and get out of the squat pattern that we're in all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we do one leg RDL. Like ev basically everyone here hates me because we do one leg RDLs. Like everyone knows them. Um, because everyone sucks at them. Yeah. And it, it just, it's good to, if you're, if you're bad at it, I think you need to get good at it. Yeah. It's better than just loading up the deadlift again. So. You're pretty bad at it. I'm terrible. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, so just saying. Uh, I'm terrible. <laughs> again, like, I don't think that, I don't think the fact that you getting better to one leg RDL is going to add 50 pounds to your deadlift, but it's going to. But what if it does? I mean, it might, <laughs> but I think it's going to keep you healthier and like, and you've been. It's been better. You've been. 
sort of not in pain for yeah yeah I've been in less pain quite a it's while good. and you've been <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you. congratulations you know, you're up right now yeah. so like yeah. is it hurting you the fact that we're doing all this work I mean you benched a PR the other night you mm -hmm. squatted a PR recently you're going to deadlift a PR probably in the next few weeks probably possibly um, we're going to go for it at least um, it seems to be working yeah and also those movements I think if you're not if you're bad at them that's one thing <coughs> but it also might shed light on other issues that you might have you're like wow yeah. it's like doesn't look as right as it should let's try something else and see if that works yeah because maybe you're not stable enough or you just can't do the movement correctly right and it's like oh so now we know where an issue is that we need to address i think that's also very important why we should train more than one plane at a time all the planes all the planes train in the planes <laughs> that's planes. something we can run yeah. <laughs> Train the planes. Anyway. Train the planes. Yeah, train the planes. That could be a t-shirt yeah. that you can find. That we can find. Just oh. kidding. We don't sell t-shirts. <laughs> I was like, you can find that on your own. Just yeah. Go <laughs> but yeah. 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 So I think another thing that could help a lot of lifters um, would be focusing on recovery a mm -hmm. little bit more. You know, also to decrease uh, injury <laughs> rates, <laughs> to decrease your risk. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So there's a couple things that if someone, you know, is trying to prevent injury that I'll, I'll try to get them to do. You know, we might include some recovery workouts in different planes. Mm -hmm. You know, volume <clears throat> and load management is by far the most important thing. And you know, Ryan and I talk about this all the time. It ends up being an issue when someone gets a little tweak, they get hurt, they don't tell Ryan, and then some amount of work that they would normally be able to recover from and get stronger from is now beyond their maximum capacity, and then they get worse. Yeah. And then it kind of snowballs, and then all of a sudden they're hurt. So, you know, managing volume and load and frequency and all that stuff is that's injury prevention, like 101. And so if something is, oh, go ahead. And the problem with what you just said too is like, is they feel that tweak and they can generally still hit a PR or still sure. be strong for a while. So it's not like that happens and then they're 20% weaker tomorrow. And, that, and, and if they were, they would come and say, hey, something's wrong right now. Yeah. It's, they can make it for six, seven, 10, 12, 15 weeks. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, this ache is starting to bother me. And all of a sudden, their numbers are starting to slide down. Like, oh yeah, by the way, life is, is terrible. This is just bothering me for like four months. Yeah. Yep. And like how Eric just said, now we're at the point though we haven't changed, we haven't, we didn't change any of the load over the last four months, and now what could have taken a week to recover from takes a month. Takes months. And, and that now, gets like, to the point, like how I mean, it's hard to determine like your like athlete's personality and what they're going to say to you, but like what's a good recommendation that you get out to like, is it any level of pain? Is if it, it hurts, tell me. There you go, that's fantastic. <laughs> and then he'll decide. And then I'll decide <laughs> if, should, if you should talk to Eric or not. I mean, I get it, like I said, I, I pitched for four years with no ulnar collateral ligament, like it's not smart. Yeah. Um, I get it, I think most of us in the sport are gonna do some pretty dumb shit. Been there. To stay yep. in the sport. <laughs> Still there. But if you feel something today, you're like, man, that hurts, that doesn't feel right. Say something to me. We can we can make it a like a, like Eric said a load and a volume adjustment immediately. Mm -hmm. Even in that <coughs> in that same day, we can make an adjustment and exercise for the day. See if we can get you feeling better within a day or two. Um, and if not, then that's where Eric comes in. And we can start and we can try to get it fixed quickly. Where when you wait four months to tell me, 
oh yeah, by the way, my shoulder's been cranky this whole time. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I think I would rather someone over tell me, like, tell me too many things, like, my pinky hurts. Like, all right, that's fine. Tell me. But like, if it, like, oh, my hand hurts. Like, oh, my forearm. Like, if it gets to that point, you could prevent that. That's. Yeah, and like what Eric said before, like if it's affecting anything you're doing on a daily basis, you need to say something immediately. Yeah. That's when I got my surgery. Was when I couldn't lift stuff off the top shelf anymore. Yes. It's a good measure. It's pretty bad. Yeah. I couldn't reach the top shelf because my shoulder would pop out. Oh, I need surgery. Yeah. Um, finally, got it taken care of. Like that's I, my daily life was affected. If. Like I said, if it takes a little, if it takes a little bit longer to warm up for bench press, maybe it's not the end of the world. Right. But if your bench press yeah. is to the point where every rep you're like, man, my shoulder hurts, man, this doesn't feel good. You need to say something. And like I said, maybe we can fix you in a week or a day if it's not yep. that bad. Then maybe you just go from benching four times a week to three. You know, it, it could yeah. be a simple fix in the beginning. Yeah. It's when it goes on and on and on that like things break down and then it becomes a major thing. And then you start to make adjustments and all of a sudden like you know that little that little strain becomes a complete shift in your squat and now yep. that shift in the squat is now straining something else and then the load is different and all of a sudden you've got six things going on it's like all right so we're going to go back to 20 percent yep. and work our way back up and we're going to do tempo squats and no one wants to do that no one wants to do no one wants that but squats. Yeah. Tempo squats. Yeah. That's why everyone hates me. Yeah. But, <laughs> that's why they go to you. Yeah. But, we, but we get to that point. So tell us earlier. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we've been talking for 30 minutes. I don't know if we want to keep going. That's like, yeah. so fast. Yeah, I know. That's, wow, that was quick. Yeah. Is there any social media you want to plug, anything you should want to plug, just go for it. Not really. Um, okay. <laughs> well, then name your company, maybe. Yeah. yeah, so Power Physical Therapy, you can find me on Ryan's website. Um, PowerPT148 is my Instagram. Um, that's it. What are you trying to hit for the meet and these plans? Um, PRs. There you go. <laughs> PRs from what I had mentioned before. Oh, one one, one of those will be nice. <laughs> that's yeah. That is something. Yeah. That's, but that, that's good. Like I, we talked about it in the podcast, like it, you, your goal should be to constantly improve. So if you, even if it's a two and a half pound PR, like who cares? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. If you hit it in a competition, yeah. you know, yeah. sounds good to me. If it's bigger, great. But like PR is a PR. So. True. Nice. <laughs> Can we clap again to end? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <that's nice>. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we just do this. We do a lot of this in the end, so we just kind of like, uh, yeah. We start, we finish. Cool. That's no, that was good. Said. What? With all of the injuries. We were <laughs> <laughs> You're. So